1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. We're having a moment right now uh, to speak with our good friend, Todd Nettleton. So welcome into the conversation. He's the host of the Voice of the Martyrs Radio, Chief of Media Relations and Message Integration for Voice of the Martyrs. And of course, he's the author of When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians. Todd, always good to have you with us on Mornings with Tom and Toby. And Todd, um, as we're going through, I just wanted to ask you a little bit, because you have some resources that help us uh, to be able to pray, and you've got a global prayer guide I wanted to ask you about. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is a key part of the Voice of the Martyrs ministry, is helping American Christians know about persecution, know where our brothers and sisters are being persecuted. And the Global Prayer Guide is a resource that we make available for free every year about this time, a brand new, the 2023 Global Prayer Guide is now out. It's right at the top of the page at persecution.com. And what it is, is basically it lists out the countries where Christians are persecuted, and it, it gives you some basic information. Who, who are the persecutors? Well, why are they persecuting Christians? What is it like to be a Christian in that country? What persecution are you likely to face? How hard is it to get a Bible? And the whole idea is that you can place this beside your Bible. You can place it in your prayer closet. And as we go through 2023, you're not just praying, God bless persecuted Christians, although that that's a great prayer, uh, but you are able to pray specifically for Christians in China and North Korea and Iran, and you have an understanding of what they're facing and how you can pray for them. Mm. And so can you tell us a little bit about those four new African countries that are included this year? Yeah, this is one of the things that happens as we release this new prayer guide. It's like, okay, are there places where there is more persecution now than there was a year ago or five years ago? That is certainly true on the continent of Africa. And there are four new African countries in the guide this year, Benin, Niger, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Mozambique. In all four of these countries, we see an increase in persecution. We see churches being burned down. We even see Christians being killed. Uh, and so that's why we wanted to include them in the guide. We want you to include them in your prayers. Mm, okay, thank so you so much. Yeah, for that, Todd. And just let me ask this one question just to, to clarify. Now, this guide is available to us. Now, now is, is there a cost associated with that? How does somebody get their hands on this prayer guide? 
Persecution.com is our main website. And right now, right at the top of the page, it says Global Prayer Guide, request yours. And it is free. We will send this to you. It's 100 pages long. It's a full color booklet. It's actually got pictures inside from some of the countries where you'll be praying for. So it is a great resource. And like I say, this is a part of the Voice of the Martyrs ministry, is helping American Christians connect with our persecuted brothers and sisters and helping us pray for them throughout the year. This would be a great resource for an intercessory group. It's good to have you with us, Todd. And I just wanted to ask you uh, specifically about Afghanistan. Get us an update. What's going on there? Well, you know, there were a lot of promises made when the Taliban retook over Afghanistan. This was, uh, you know, so-called Taliban 2.0, uh, a kinder, gentler Taliban. And what we're seeing is month after month, more broken promises, more uh, the Taliban showing who they really are. In November, they told all of the judges in the country that you are to judge according to Sharia law, you are to impose strict Sharia punishments. So uh, we're not having any softness towards criminals. And, you know, we talk about strict Sharia punishments. What that means is for adultery, the punishment is being stoned. Uh, for stealing something, the punishment is having your hand cut off. But for our Christian brothers and sisters who are considered to be apostates, the punishment is death. And so the Taliban has now said to all the judges in the country, Country. If you find someone who has left Islam is an apostate, they should be executed. So for Christians there, they look at this and they know, okay, if I get caught, if the Taliban hears that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, the punishment is going to be death. Okay, that's Gosh. sobering as uh, these are things that we think about when we're maybe reading scripture, you know, about what mm -hmm. what could happen, but it is actually coming to pass. And and as they were getting back into the power, they were saying, no, 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 it's different now. It's going to yeah. be different these days. But it seems like they're playing the same script over and over again, and followers of Christ are in peril. They absolutely are in peril. And like you say, they are going back to the script, all the promises. Yes, we're fine with women going to school. We're fine with having girls educated. Now they've kicked all the girls out of school. They have said no girls can go to school. And so one after one, all of these things that they promised have just, they've broken all of those promises. And like I say, there, there's a human rights aspect to that, of course. There's a humanitarian aspect to that. But for us as Christians, our brothers and sisters know that their lives are on the line to follow Jesus. The Taliban says there are zero Christians in Afghanistan. <laughs> we know there are Christians in every province of the country, but they are in danger because of that. You know, um, Todd, I'm just sitting here thinking about how— <sighs> When we saw people um, clinging to airplanes as the U.S. military left the country and they knew what was coming and they were desperate themselves to try to get out. And we have seen really the failure of trusting in uh, government and um, the man to solve these problems. How can we pray? You know, I think we can pray for protection for our Afghan brothers and sisters, pray that that they will be able to keep us a, a secret. Um, Afghanistan is a very communal culture. So you notice what's going on at your neighbor's house. You notice if they don't go to the mosque on Friday when everyone else does. Uh, and so it's very common to start asking questions. Hey, you know, you skipped mosque on Friday. What You've skipped it three weeks in a row. And so when those questions start being asked, a, a Christian in Afghanistan knows, okay, 
we're at risk. How am I going to answer these questions? And the hope is when you answer those questions, it can be a bridge to share the gospel. But they also, the other option is you might be killed. You might be risking your life. And so it just for discernment and for God's protection, I think are two great ways to pray for Christians in Afghanistan. We're going to do that right now. Lord, we pray for that discernment, and we pray for that protection that's so needed right now. And Jesus, you told us that, that as we come to you, our lives are in danger in different areas. We're seeing that in Afghanistan today. We ask, Father God, that you would be with them in this part of their journey, that they would be bold, they would be protected. And then even as it seems like more and more oppression comes, your word will get out to those who so desperately need it in the country of Afghanistan. We ask for your protective covering, but we also ask for your boldness for them as they share. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this weekend, of course, you are the host of Voice of the Martyrs radio broadcast, and you have a special guest, Suzanne Geske. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Um, her husband was martyred. Can you tell us a little bit of, of that story? Yeah, this is an amazing story, and I really want to encourage people to tune in this Saturday and hear this conversation with Susanna Geske. Her husband was killed in Turkey in 2007. It's actually, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. I have several chapters in my book because seven weeks after three men were killed in Turkey, I went to Turkey. I met Susanna. I met another lady who was a widow. Her husband was also killed. The amazing thing about their story is, is their husbands were killed, and the next day on national TV in Turkey, they forgave the five men who had killed their husbands. Mm. And in that Islamic culture, that forgiveness is absolutely mind-blowing. And so all across Turkey, people are seeing this, and they're like, how, how can they forgive? How can these Christians forgive? And it was an amazing seed planting of gospel seeds in that culture because they were willing to offer that forgiveness so quickly after their husbands were killed. We're now 15 years later, and so we got to have a conversation. Susanna is still in Turkey. In fact, she is trying to become a citizen. She has applied for citizenship because she doesn't want them to have a way of kicking her out. She says, hey, if I'm a citizen, they can't kick me out. They can't make me leave. Um, That's her level of commitment to Turkey. And so I just, again, encourage people, tune in on Saturday, hear this conversation. You will be encouraged by Susanna's faithfulness. Wow, this sounds like just a, an amazing story. And as uh, as you're sharing it, there is such power in forgiveness that we don't even understand what happens when we actually choose to do what Jesus tells us to do is to forgive so that others can, as we forgive others, that we can be forgiven. But also it unlocks something within us that makes us curious because I think we all deep down want to get even with whoever hurt us. We do. And in the Islamic culture, that is a part of the culture. Like, hey, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you harder. If you kill one of my children, then I'm going to kill two of yours. There is that sort of vengeance culture that is built in there. And so, you know, for 65 million people in Turkey who are kind of steeped in that culture of vengeance and that culture of payback, for these ladies to say, no, we forgive them because Christ forgave us. It was such an amazing thing. In fact, there was a a Muslim journalist in Turkey that wrote about these two ladies offering forgiveness. He said they did more for Christianity in Turkey by offering that forgiveness than a thousand missionaries could have done in a thousand years. That's how powerful it was in that culture for them to offer that forgiveness.